1: stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app
2: it's been a monster november for stocks and the big question is that momentum going to carry into 2024 we'll talk to a trio of our regular guests to get their take i'm Andy gersher and this is games We're going to bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the website UpsideStocks.com. Chuck, always great to have you on the GAINS podcast. Thanks for having me, Andy. Yes, and in fact, we just got an email from one of the GAINS listeners out of North Carolina giving us some props, uh, took some of the information that we've been talking about uh, some of the strategies and info that we've talked about on the Gains podcast a lot of these with Chuck and the Dow theory and he's having a really really good year his portfolio's up 35% this is after uh having somebody else manage his money and 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 it not doing very well and so, we you know, gave us a ton of props, and thanks to the listener. i know I know you're listening right now, the listener from North Carolina. But he asked uh, where he could get some more info on the Dow theory, which we talk about on the Gaines podcast all the time is and this this is for all the Gaines listeners because I'm sure a lot of. Folks want to know where, what kind of books or websites or how we could get more information and more in-depth understanding of the Dow theory. And that's where I wanted to start, uh, Chuck. Uh, thoughts on that?
3: Sure. Uh, this is all going to be <laughs> self-serving, Andy, but uh, we publish a newsletter here at uh, our sister company, Horizon Publishing, publishes a newsletter called Dow Theory Forecast, which is a newsletter that has been published since 1946. In fact... It's probably the oldest continuously published investment newsletter in the United States. And that talks specifically about uh, the Dow Theory, gives stock recommendations, gives you know each issue, and it's a weekly newsletter. Um, there's our market commentary on uh, what's going on in the market based on the prism of the Dow Theory. So uh, the good news is if anybody's interested in getting that newsletter and trying it out and learning more about the Dow Theory, they can go to our website. That's DowTheory.com. And they can sign up there for a free 30-day trial subscription to the newsletter. So they can try it uh, risk-free and see if it's for them. But they will certainly get a lot more information about the Dow Theory uh, via the newsletter. That's DowTheory.com, and sign up for the free 30-day trial to the newsletter.
2: I think we talked about this a-, a while back, like a million years ago. Is there a go-to book? And I think it may be very old and could possibly even be out of print. But didn't you mention one time to me... Uh, Chuck, that there was some kind of go-to yep. Dow theory book, you know the Dow theory Bible. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, what pretty good. Know?
3: A pretty good book is is it's called the the and, and in fact the one that's out in the marketplace now. I actually wrote the foreword to, and it's called the Stock Market Barometer, and uh, it was written by William Hamilton, who was kind of who carried the torch after Charles Dow, who developed it. Uh, Charles Dow was the first. Publisher of the Wall Street Journal, and then William Hamilton came on and uh, uh, followed suit and kind of perpetuated the work done on it. So uh, again, that book is the Stock Market Barometer, written by William Hamilton, and you should be able to find that in print somewhere.
2: All right, so uh, you know, be on the lookout for that as well. I know I am. Can never uh, read too much about the Dow Theory, but that—that's. Us GAINS listeners, we're a little we're a little different than the regular crowd, uh, and and you know and and I, I got to think that there's a little bit of contrarianism in us as well. But anyway, thanks for the info there. Um, hey, Monster November for stocks, and, and the Dow theory all along. When things got a little shaky, kept us in the market. We knew even when stocks were getting roughed up, uh, you know earlier, to hold our nose, continue to buy. Stay the plan, and then, after this November pretty good, so where is the Dow theory? I mean, we know it's bullish, but kind of explain you know what what's been going on
3: sure we we've had uh you know it, it turned bullish here about mid year the uh then we had what was a pretty classic but oftentimes scary market correction that went from about uh, the end of July through August September, and October, and then bottomed out in that, you know, at the outer end of that typical three-month range, and then we've had a, a ferocious rally here. And what you want to see under the Dow theory is is new important highs in both the Dow industrials and Dow transports, and I'll give you those points. On the Dow industrials, that important new high level is 35,630.68. That's 35,630.68, which is the uh, – that's I'm sorry. That is the yeah the August first high. We are real close to that. The, the market today closed at around thirty five thousand four sixteen. So we're getting close. the the one The one index that needs to pick it up a little bit is the Dow Jones Transportation Average, which has come pretty nicely off its bottom, um, but it still has a ways to go. It it really needs to get above. Its previous significant high, which is the, the July 28th high of 16695.32 and while that's had a really nice move off of its its uh, uh, October 27th low of about 13,500, so we're up to about 14,800 now. That still has that still has some work to go to get above that previous level. So, you know, the the bottom line is that the last major signal under the Dow Theory was bullish. Um, we've had a t- traditional, typical correction within a bull market. Hopefully, that correction is behind us, and we're getting a rally. What you want to see are, are both the indices moving above their previous high. What you don't want to see, and especially from the Dow transports, is a breakdown and a move below the the the, the near-term low. So, you you know, what, the what are the levels
2: is- on those? Let's let's establish the levels on the floor as well for each for yeah. both the industrials. And transports. No.
3: Okay, for the industrials, the low, that significant low, is thirty-two thousand four seventeen point five nine, and for the transports, it's thirteen thousand five five six point eight seven. So again, industrials, it's, that low is thirty-two thousand four seventeen point five nine, and for the transports, it's thirteen five five six point zero seven. And and keep in mind, the, the way the Dow theory works best is that you have confirmation between the indices. In other words, they're both moving directionally as well as making, you know, significant new highs, uh, What you don't want them to be doing or making significant new lows together, because that's almost by definition, um, what a bear market is. So, you know, the transports typically can be the canary in the coal mine. And, and again, you know, I can give you a long list of reasons why this market should continue to move higher. Um, but the biggest probably the biggest potential roadblock for the market, as it often is, is, is a recession where you have an earnings you know, an earnings slowdown which hits corporate profits, which hits stock prices, et cetera. And if a recession is around the corner, the, the best indicator of that is going to be the Dow Jones transportation average. So as long as the Dow transports can stay above that October twenty seventh low, which again is thirteen thousand five five six point zero seven I think that the, the the notion of a recession is going to continue to be pushed out, pushed out, and pushed out. On the other hand, if you see a close below that level, um, it's going to be very difficult for the overall market to sustain this upward move, and that would not be a good indication for the future economic activity. So, you know, that's if if investors want to watch something right now, the key to watch would be how the Dow transports perform, and and actually while the industrials have had a pretty good account of themselves here, the, the transports have had a little bit of a rollover here the last couple of days. And today, for example, while the industrials were up, the transports were down. And again, I don't want to make too much out of a couple of day movement, but you know, you're, you're going to need to see the Dow transports continue their upward move. If this market is going to continue to sustain and the broad market is going to sustain an upward move.
2: Well, and the Dow theory is not all or nothing and you know you got to trust the process here and that's what we talk about all the time is we just got to let it all play out we have these uh levels that we watch and and then we just kind of wait and you know act accordingly
3: yeah exactly and and you know all all the while while you're watching these levels you know watch watch what's going on with individual stocks as well sometimes we kind of lose the forest for the trees and focus on Exactly. What are the indices doing? But you know, there's a there are a lot of things happening <laughs> underneath the the shade of the forest in terms of individual stocks moving in all sorts of directions. And you know, the, again, the primary trend is bullish. And uh, you know, if you see a stock that you like that has come into a price range that you like, um, you should buy it. Uh, but again, if you're trying to get a bead on on what could potentially derail things, again, I think the biggest derailer at this point is would be a recession. And I think a good uh, indicator of that is the action of the Dow Jones transportation average. And at this point, they're not saying that a recession is imminent. But if we did break that low, then, then I probably would change my tune a bit.
2: And they are the ultimate leading indicator because they're telling us where product and raw resources are being moved, and when there's a lot of activity in that, that mean, often means that there's a lot more economic in, activity to come behind that as well. Just kind of expe- yeah, hit a, that real quick.
3: Yeah, they're so. I mean, they're they're sensitive to just a host of factors that are important to the economy, whether it's it's labor, uh, it's fuel, it's the, the movement of of products within the United States and even internationally. Um, so so they you know they, they they touch on very important areas of the broad economy and and if those areas are are weakening, that filters through to the transports and that filters through to kind of an economic picture that is starting to to wane. Now my guess is you know judging from how the the indices have been behaving, it wouldn't be surprising to see a little bit of an economic slowdown, but you know, there's a difference between an economic slowdown and a recession. And in an economic slowdown, sometimes that's not the worst thing for the mar for the broad market, especially if interest rates start coming down uh as they have been. So, you know, you get into this and you've you've heard this term, Andy, and I'm sure you've talked about it, this whole notion of a Goldilocks economy, which is, you know, which is nirvana for stocks. It's, you know, an economy that's not too hot or not too cold. Um and you know, that's, that could we be settling into something like that? It's, it's quite possible. So we'll see, but again, we're going to take our cues from what the transports are are telling us. And um, so we're going to be following those pretty closely here.
2: And one other thing I noticed is, is we did have a bit of a broadening of uh, kind of the good times for stocks. It was very isolated uh, for a while in technology in certain areas and uh, the, the thing I've noticed is, especially this past, this November, is a broadening of the types of stocks that are going up in the sectors and thoughts on that. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, there's a there's a you know, everybody typically likes to focus on the the, the litany of of reasons why stocks should go down. But you can I mean, there are a number of reasons that investors Should feel bullish. A, you've got a Dow theory that's bullish. B, we've had the correction, so hopefully that's out of the way. C, valuations for the broad market are not stretched. Um, You know, D, you're getting, as you mentioned, this improved breadth where now you're seeing value stocks, growth stocks, small cap stocks, dividend paying stocks, growth stocks, all doing well. And that's the type of breadth that you like to see that leads broad markets. Uh, we're, we're in, a, we're in a se- what is typically a seasonally strong period for the market. Uh, when you look at those three engines that we talk about ad nauseum on your show, corporate profits, inflation, and interest rates, corporate profits are fine. Inflation and interest rates, still, though, el- still elevated or trending certainly in the right direction. Um, and, and so, yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> they're, they're, there are definitely reasons to, to, to be bullish. You've got... Tons of money on the sidelines that could come in and fuel the market. When you look at the volume of money that's in money markets, I mean, you start to see rates in money markets coming down with any kind of expediency. It's going to give investors some pause in terms of, you know, you couple that with FOMO and you you see the interest rate coming down on your money market, plus that fear of missing out if the market continues higher. There's a lot, awful lot of money on the sidelines that could come in and drive this thing higher. So that's an excellent then, point.
2: Know, that's a that's certainly an excellent point because we haven't seen these higher interest rates like this for quite some time, and you know it frankly has made it uh, easy for investors to get a pretty decent yield with like virtually no risk.
3: Right, and if that if that starts to pivot a little bit all the while stocks are going up it's you know uh, people people are going to think twice about s- storing money in cash and trying to get a piece of this market so I, you know there there you know there are there are good reasons to own stocks right now and reasons that I think have legs now again what could derail this thing well if you have a backup in interest rates and inflation obviously that wouldn't be great but i think again the biggest You know the biggest uh, boogeyman out there for the market, quite frankly, is is the Fed going to overshoot this notion of a soft landing, and are we going to get a a hard recession? And you know, hard recessions are are, you know they they cause bear markets, and so if that is the biggest concern, at least it is for me, then I want to watch those Dow transports because they're going to give me the tell uh hopefully on on whether we're heading into a recession or not by how they behave. So um, you know, the market sets up pretty well and the setup is also pretty well for giving you some um foreshadowing of trouble. And again that that will show up in those down transports and that's why I, I continue to kind of harp on them. But they they have a lot of value for investors that are trying to discern the future here.
2: All right. Big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and Publisher of the website, UpsideStocks.com. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new GAINS episode drops, we drop GAINS episodes on Wednesday mornings. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it All right, we're back to continue the discussion. We're bringing on Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director at Clearstead Advisors in New York. Jim, always great to have you on the GAINS podcast. It's been a solid November for stocks. Does the momentum continue into the end of the year?
4: Yes, I think it does. Uh, So far, uh, the economy, while it's slowing, uh, continues to show resilience uh, consumers seem to uh, spend over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, the planes are still full. The forward bookings uh, are 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 strong in terms of experience and travel. Uh, at the same time, you're continuing to get um, a wind down of the of, of inflation. You're getting some uh, deflation in the good sector. Retailers are saying so. You're getting you're getting growth uh, in the economy. Receding inflation. Uh, profits seem to have turned the corner and are growing again, and there, there is a increasing conviction that the Fed is done for now. Uh, so that's a pretty good combination for stocks for the end of the year. The only caveat I would have is that I think the bond market has gotten ahead of the Fed in terms of uh, forecasting interest rates going forward. And you could get a little bit of a shock when the um, dot plots come out, because I think the Fed's going to have a somewhat uh, harsher and more hawkish tone than the bond market is experiencing now. But that's the major roadblock I'm worried about.
2: Well, you mentioned the bond market, and uh, they are pricing in maybe some softer Fed policy going forward. Explain how that uh, kind of jives with everything.
4: Well, yeah, I think the Fed very much does not want to send a message that it's going to uh, uh, lower rates anytime soon. I think they want to send a message that they're going to stay higher for longer uh, and imply that that goes through the uh, third quarter of next year, whereas the markets are pricing in something at the end of the second quarter or beginning of the third quarter. Uh, and And I don't think the Fed wants to see the markets loosen uh, uh, financial conditions too much because that works against what the Fed is trying to accomplish, which is slowing the economy and reducing inflation. So you're going to have a period here where the markets are, are uh, disagreeing with the Fed, and every time that's happened in the last 12 months, the Fed has turned out to be right and the markets wrong. So what you worry about uh, tactically is that when the markets, when you have the Fed meeting and you get the dot plots, that the there's a reality check for the bond markets that could transitorily affect the stock markets. But I think that will be ultimately overwhelmed by the strength of the economy and corporate profits in the fourth quarter.
2: Well, and actually the Fed is being responsible here. You know, Even if the market wants them to go more on a looser policy, they did address inflation. And as you mentioned, it's critical that they... Uh, keep rates kind of at these levels. Um, What areas of the market do you like going into the end of the year, starting at the uh, uh, beginning of 2024, uh, including where does tech fall on that list as well?
4: Yeah, specifically, you know, the the tech story is strong, enduring, and is going to be with us uh, for years and years to come. Uh, Whether you're talking about semiconductors, artificial intelligence, uh, it drives the economy, it drives innovation, it lowers inflation, uh, uh, it, it benefits from the reshoring, uh, uh, away from China. So you have to have, uh, a large exposure to tech. Having said that, uh, the market must become more egalitarian to be sustainable. And that's to say you have a situation here where the average stock is up just a few percent this year and, and the cap weighted average is obviously up. Much more than that, that has to become more even for the market to have durable legs. But ha- having said that, you can own you can own them all. You can own the equal weighted, and and maintain your weighting in in, in the cap weighted in the growth area. Because uh, if I'm right on the direction of the economy, uh, all, all should should participate in, in the next leg of the bull market.
2: Always appreciate the great advice from Jim Awad, senior managing director. Clearstead Advisors in New York. All right, let's bring on Jack Abelin, Chief Investment Officer, Crescent Capital here in Chicago. Jack, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. A monster November so far. Uh, Markets have been on a tear. Just wanted to get your take on uh, the recent uh, rise in stocks and if that momentum is going to carry us uh, at least until the end of the year.
0: Yeah, uh, boy, it's an impressive move that we've seen. Uh, you know, if you look at uh, the move in stocks since the beginning of November, I think it was that the first jobs report, so it was the uh, right at the beginning of the month uh, we got a, uh, a lower-than-expected jobs report that was followed by a better-than-expected inflation report, and then we had weak retail sales, and putting it all together, uh, suggest perhaps the Fed is done, and interest rates were too high at five percent now we're certainly uh railing back and they're they're at five uh i'm sorry four fifty and and actually four forty so yeah that um great move that we had in november um and there's no reason why the trend can't continue, especially if we continue to get weaker numbers to you know uh argue for not just flat. Uh, rates uh, uh, from the Fed, but actually lower rates next year. Uh, So I think that's a good thing.
2: What areas of the market do you like right now? What kind of gives you interest? So what sector, any stocks that are catching your eye?
0: Sure. So, you know, if this uh, current momentum that we we, uh, enjoyed in November continues, uh, we should expect to see uh, a lot of power from REITs. Um, Everyone wrote off real estate. Um, certainly, private real estate is hasn't really found the right value yet, but public real estate got hammered uh, last year. It got hammered the beginning of this year, and you know having rates uh, drop from you know five to four and a half quickly uh, has really been firepower for REIT so that that's one area that we like.
2: We often talk international as well. Where are you on the international stock front? You know, we talk, We like to diversify our portfolios, and that international exposure is something that we often keep an eye on.
0: It is, and we do like uh, the fact that now the dollar, with this rate decline, has has finally turned around. Hopefully, uh, that's going to uh, catch a little momentum to the downside. It hasn't yet. We're watching that 50-day moving average. If it drops below its 200-day moving average of the dollar, uh, that's a good sign to say you know, the dollar will continue to weaken. And that's obviously a tailwind for international. Among the international developed markets, we still love Japan. That was a um, bet we made early in the year, um, and we still like it. Uh, I would have expected the yen to actually turn around and rally, and it's done pretty much the opposite. But even in spite of that, uh, the uh, – Japanese stocks uh, for the year are up uh, probably fifteen or so percent.
2: What vehicle are you using to get exposure with those the, the Japanese uh, stocks?
0: Yeah, we use an ETF called EWJ. That's the ticker.
2: Is that exclusively Japan?
0: It's exclusively Japan, but it's uh, Japan, but it's dollar denominated. Uh, if you know, for those listeners who think perhaps the dollar is going to strengthen uh then I would suggest the wisdom tree yen hedged uh Japan. I don't know the
2: ticker, oh, but that's interesting. I didn't realize that there was a, a currency hedge for japanese stocks that's that's interesting. just name yeah. it again one more time the
0: wisdom tree yen hedged japan fund uh, yeah um, but, uh, it's you know the, be up forty or fifty percent this year
2: yeah the gains listener uh that's that's an interesting take uh on investing overseas with a, with a hedge against the currency um any other domestically what do you like what uh is catching your eye um what are you you deploying cash to right now
0: sure we still like private credit um so this is uh we're lending money to cash flowing businesses uh, We're we're putting ourselves in a senior secured position probably the closest thing to that strategy would be bank loan fund BKLN, a floating rate, um, that delivered pretty good performance this year uh, as uh, you know, rates in the short end stayed pretty high. Um, other areas of the market that we like uh, would be probably, you know, again, if this, if this trend in interest continues downward, and we expect it will, um, that should be good news for, for mid-cap stocks, uh, even some qu- high-quality small-cap stocks. Uh, just because they've really suffered as rates have risen. Their financing costs have gone up um, really almost a magnified way relative to large cap. Uh, and if we can see just any of this uh, you know, rate rise turn around, they're going to be the biggest beneficiaries.
2: And finally, advice for the individual investor that's really maybe timid here, not sure, you know, seen... Uh, Uh, a decent november but uh, you know it's kind of been back and forth throughout the year what's your advice for them
0: yeah near term i do watch investor sentiment and i will say bullishness is starting to get pretty uh widespread and so that's a contrary indicator for me um so right now on the bull bear continuum uh bullishness is in the 80th percentile of its historical range if that gets to the 90th percentile and i don't ex- i do expect it will that's a that's a near-term bearish signal i'd love to see a, a pullback in december and perhaps we could get a better entry point either later in the year or early next year
2: and then finally 2024 I mean, how, how are things going to shape up long term so
0: we we do believe that um, growth is going to slow but remain positive. We think inflation is going to slow and remain positive. And that kind of slowing environment is is not bad for, for uh, large-cap stocks and not bad for bonds. It's really not good for commodities. So oil and uh, a lot of the other energy sectors uh, probably will lag uh, next year. But stocks and bonds should do okay. And if it looks like we can avoid... Uh, a recession, all the better. If we do go in a recession, of course, uh, then we're going to want to own those bonds uh, and then wait to sort of catch any kind of hint of a recovery. And then that's really where small cap stocks do their best.
2: Always appreciate it. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital here in Chicago. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If that's an option for you, and as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops. We'll be back next Wednesday morning, and I look forward to seeing you then.
1: A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey.